fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Thursday Night CrossFit Talk. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Jamie Latimer, and we are so pumped, as always, to have Carolyn Prebo with us, one of our favorite athletes in the space. How are you doing tonight, Carolyn? I'm doing great. I'm going to try to get this light off from the background. <laughs> it's all good. You look good. You sound good. We're, we're all good. Cool. Um, so... The reason we have you on, and, and Lex says hi, by the way. <laughs> that up for you there so you can put see. This it. right here. Sorry. First and foremost, I have not seen you since the wedding, um, other than a quick um, call in that you did with us. Um, happy or happy wedding, happy whatever you call that. Congratulations on the wedding. Uh, Thank so you. Awesome. Thank you very much. It doesn't really change anything except for. Helps for the immigration stuff. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome together and love seeing both of you in the chat all the time. And we appreciate you so much. <clears throat> so we love the we love the show. Well, I love hearing that. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about NorCal Classic. Um, you competed in that this weekend. And I did a riff today about how um how things are changing in the CrossFit space because the big three are doing so much by invite now that it's kind of restricting the up and coming athletes from having an opportunity to compete on a big stage. And so with that, my next step was that these next tier competitions around the country are going to need to step up and become that for those athletes like NorCal, like Crash Crucible, like Metcon Rush, all of these things around the country. So I wanted to have you on to get your um, take on how NorCal went as a competition. I think one of the things that you look for when you do competitions is how it's run. Um, everything was on time. So that's a huge bonus because like, if people have flights and stuff like that, you don't want to go to a competition and then everything's delayed. Um, so everything was on time. There were so many people. I think, uh, Bill and Chase talked about it a little bit on their show and just kind of like the history of like the NorCal classic, like people just had their tents there. Um, everyone was social. Uh, it was super fun. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the events were very short, but I think it's cause they had to get through a lot of people. Uh, I think I heard there was around like 700 competitors, so many different divisions, but the venue's so nice. It was on the water. I mean, I could have done without the water, but I mean, it was on the water. You had like the hills around. Um, and we still got to do a lot of unique things. Um, yeah, I think it's a great competition. And uh, I definitely look forward to going back in the future. Well, that says a lot. If you're, will if you're looking forward to going back in the future, that's a great endorsement as a competition. Um, just so we also got paid out right away. Like certain competitions don't pay out right away. They just posted something today that they paid out every single division. Wow. That's awesome. 
<laughs> and and I I contend that like for you that's been a that has been in this sport for a while, like that's a that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. But I would contend that the young up and coming athletes need eyeballs more than they need cash. Cash is nice, but they need the exposure. The one negative part it was that it wasn't broadcasted. Like if you had to go look on their Instagram story, I don't think they did any live as far as I know, maybe a few lives. Um, but for exposure, you still would want to have it broadcasted. I don't know if maybe they wanted to put more money into the athletes pockets versus paying that much for the broadcasting. Um, not sure, but like that, that would be one thing maybe in the future that would be nice to have. And I think would allow their event to grow even more. Um, but I, I think they'll, they'll all like, like they're going to grow, but they, they already have something that's great. That's working for them too. Yeah. And there were, there were a lot of big names out there. Um, you took fifth. There was a very upper um, at the very top of the leaderboard, very stacked field. It was, um, to- it was definitely top heavy. Yeah. Sure. Um, and really the only thing that affected you was water. If we took the water out of it, you probably would have podium. The, 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 the thing that sucked for me was, and I'll say a story, Lex will probably laugh, but the, the, the swim affected me for two events because, because it's a buy-in to the next part. If I'm a crappy swimmer, which I probably swam my worst swim in my life, um, the next part wasn't hard enough or technical enough to really make up time. So if I'm, if I'm a few minutes behind people already, and it's just like you go through a couple obstacles and then you go on a thousand meter run into 10 ring muscle-ups, I'm not making that up against any of the elites really. Uh, maybe in a field that's a little bit lower caliber, but you're not just in, in an elite division, you're not really making much ground after the swim. Um, like you can on your transitions and stuff, but I was so far behind. I'm so bad. Um, we had to wear like these dry, these dry bags. And I just felt like I was just dragging the water. Okay. So here's the story. Lex was, um, volunteering that day. So she was on the water for a while on the paddle board, just kind of like a, a rescue person. And so she's out there even when I'm going and she's just seeing everyone pass me. People are like breaststroking beside me and I'm just, I'm doing freestyle and they're beating me on the breaststroke, the backwards. And she's like making fun of me with people that are on the paddleboard being like, Hey, that's my wife right there. She's getting past. I can't hear anything when I'm swimming. And then she falls in the water. So that is karma right there for her. She told me about it after that she was chirping me and saying that was her wife and then fell in the water. So you know, I may have taken almost a dead last, but at least she came down with me. So, <laughs> so it's funny when we're talking about this because, you know, you've been on the show a lot and we've talked yeah. and you know that swimming is, is an Achilles heel of yours. And you've told me flat out, like, why put a lot of work into making that a little bit better when it's only ever going to be one event? Yeah. Which, which logically makes sense. And then you go to an event like this where it's just so weighted that it just, it, 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 do you, do those words come back to haunt you in those situations? A little bit, but it's hard also to swim open water. So I'm actually not that bad in a pool and in open. So I, I swim like this. I have a problem. Like I don't kick enough. 
So I already swim a little bit like this where like my legs just kind of drag me. And I think because I look up even more in open water, I'm even more so like angled and slower. Like in a pool, I can, like I swim fine. I'm always swimming with Lex, like keep up, anything like that. As soon as I'm in the open water, I suck. The last time I swam open water was Wadapalooza one event. Before that, the mile swim at the games, maybe the year before. So in open water, maybe two times in the last two years. Like, I just don't have, like, in Canada, you don't swim open water very often. And then um, in the summertime when I've been in California, we've done pool swimming instead of open water just because of, like, where our location is and what we had, like, certain access to. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, I feel like I'll, I'll, I should work maybe a little bit more on my swimming. But this one affected me for two events instead of one. So Lex says, um, I stayed next to her to make sure she was alive. <laughs> She's not wrong. But, <laughs> yeah, and because the field was top heavy, essentially, if you have a bad event, you, you can't make that up really because we're kind of just interchanging uh, one to five for like the rest of the events. Like I think I had six top five finishes and then those two events that really brought me back down and then a lift and which was like top 10 or something for something else. But yeah, as soon as you have like a, basically a dead last year, you're screwed. So once that event happened, I was like, crap, I'm basically out of the podium at that point because I knew what the events were left. And I'm like, the girls in front of me are not going to struggle with any of the things that are left. I thought maybe on the kayak, it was going to be like, Ooh, this could be something that I can make up some points on some of the girls from my horrible swim. And then I'm starting to kayak and it was like, number one, two, three, four, were like the top four girls. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're all, we're all still up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just so the audience knows, those are people like Brittany Weiss, Lauren Fisher, Andrea Nistler, um, and Elizabeth Wizhart. I've, that's a name I don't know. Can you bring us up to speed on her? She she was a really good athlete at the top. She's a semifinal athlete. I think she podiumed at another competition. I think Lex maybe would know which competition she podiumed at. She has really, really good gymnastics, and it seems like she was a really, really good swimmer and runner. I think her bigger hole was strength. So if she could fix that, um, I think she could be a good, strong contender next year as well. She Yeah, I was very impressed with her. It's weird because, you know, we interview so many semifinal athletes. It's weird that one gets through that was I don't she, know. I think she was a semifinal. If she wasn't semifinal, she was really close because of a lift or something. But everything else, like, she was she was good. Uh, Lex does pump you up and says she killed Fran, though. Yeah, still got it. Still got it. And then um, Corey Leonard said, Lex, CrossFit is the only place you can say stuff like you killed Fran and not up, end up speaking to the police. <laughs> um, and Lex does confirm she did make semis last year. Okay. Um, and she did really well in Wadapalooza last year, too. She just had one bad quarterfinal workout, but she's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was very impressed. I didn't know her coming in either. Um, but, yeah, she looked good. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for her. And, you know, Lex is part of my scouting team. Um, 
if I ever need to know anything, I just text her and she knows, she knows everybody. If I look like I'm like going, like I'm drooping, it's because I literally have a dent in my couch from sitting here all the time. I feel like I'm, I keep sinking so, right now. You're like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. 100%. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I have, I'd be remiss not to ask. I've heard criticisms of the programming and I've heard praise of the programming at NorCal. The praises have been that it was very an old school style, like kind of homage to the early games style programming. And other people say it's not balanced enough. So where do you fall after doing all of the events? I think that there was a lot of single modality test and a lot of short tests that maybe some of the high end elites didn't have opportunities to kind of separate themselves. Um, and then another thing is because you don't have like time trippers around your ankles, a lot of it has, uh, you have to rely on the judges stopwatch. So if the, if the scores are very close within like a second or two, you like, you want to make sure that the, like the elite athletes are like, can still separate themselves in a workout. So I would say like maybe a few more events in that eight to 15, eight to 12 minute range that we are probably missing uh, just in order to like separate like that one, even the run into the ring muscle up. Like, I think they could have had maybe one score was the swim into the run. And then maybe like 30 ring muscle ups for time was like another score at the end or something. Uh, but like 10 ring muscle ups at the end of the run, like everyone's basically unbroken in the elites. Um, yeah. Maybe a lot of single modalities that were there. Like the broad, I like the broad jump though, personally, I think it, shows a lot of like athleticism um a lot of people just don't know how to jump and i think that's a skill that like as an athlete like you could tell right away who's done broad jumps and are worthy athletes of the group um so i I like that kind of athletic stuff versus always like a max lift but i mean we also had a max lift as well i watched shut up and scribble today i want to give them credit jr house said that what he loves about the broad jump is it tests explosiveness mm-hmm. without doing an Olympic lift. Like it's just another way to test it without that skill set. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so when he said that, it, it made a lot more sense to me. Um. Now, Taylor, there's a technique it to it too. Like a lot of people don't fully extend, like fully extend their hips, and then and then bend their knees and reach like there's still a technique to it it's not like as simple as what people think like because i do broad jumps even with my students all the time and i have to like literally teach them how to do it so so that they can gain more distance because as soon as they change their technique they can get quite a bit further on it too um this gives me an excuse to uh use this video one more time uh what is the explosiveness and the technique you have to use for this (laughs) I know which one you're showing. <laughs> that just, it blows me away every time I watch it. And I love the slow-mo version. <laughs> I almost banged my head off that wood part at the end. I didn't know I was that close to it. So like that, the- I did that even in the broad jump. My first jump, like, or my second jump. I tried to stick and I fell back and I did that same. It's like a natural reflex 
if I fall down. Like I would do that soccer all the time. If I like roll down, it's like, okay, get back up and go. It's like the quickest way for me to just get back to my feet and just be like, okay, come on. <laughs> do you, um, when you're doing that, did you notice how close your feet were to the barbell? On the jump? On When you did the arch back and kicked, like your feet came as the barbell was coming down. Oh, I knew I knew I had room. Okay. But yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I, I do that quite often. I know like the space that I'll have. Yeah, it's... It's one of my favorite things from this whole year. I mean, I would have uh, preferred to have made the lift because I, I missed it. I think it was my very last attempt. I had to. I needed four attempts at 180. I was like, ah, oh. I really wanted to get like one, like an attempt at 185. My max is 190, but my snatch just hasn't been there the past really year. It's been like rare that I get like a 180. So I was still happy with with that score. I would have liked to have had at least an attempt at 185. Um, they were all like good misses though. Like they're, they're I mean, I had it and it's like, ugh. Jamie, do you have any questions before I, um, so I, it was 10 events. Is that correct? 10 events. A lot of them were two parts. So like you okay. had the broad jump right away. Like you were on the floor maybe five or six times. Cause you had the broad jump right into the rowing with the handstand walk, um, uh, pullover so that you're so that's a double scored event you had an eight 800 but it was actually a 600 meter they had to switch it because of where they wanted the run to be it wasn't going to be as safe um so they did two 300 meter loops but, but it was like a run into uh a rope climb workout so that was a two-part and then did we have another two-part oh yeah i guess the swim into the other one was Technically, it's a one workout, but two scored events. But yeah, 10, 10 different scores, five of them being single modalities. So that'd be like the only thing maybe maybe one of the monostructural could have been um, taken out. Maybe a little bit more. Was, it, a, was it three days? Three days, yep. Yeah. Yep. Three scored yeah. events, four scored events on the Saturday. And then the Sunday had, oh wait, no, I think it was four scored events, four scored events, and then two on the final day. Something okay. like that. Are you sore from it? If uh, I wasn't sore at all the entire weekend, really, except for the last couple of days after Fran. So Fran got my leg sore. Yeah. The quads, the quads were sore. Now I'm good. So my last question for you is it's the off season, right? This isn't the CrossFit game season. Does it matter that it's a balanced test when you go to these off season comps? I've heard arguments on both sides. I think if you're putting that much money, you still want it to be like pretty balanced. I, I thought it was a fun test though. Like I still really enjoyed the experience. Um, like I got to kayak, I got to get in the water. I got to, you know, still do a max lift, do something cool, like a broad jump, some pullovers, like backwards handstand. Like I still got to do a lot of really cool things. So, I mean, yeah, you want it to be balanced if you're going to put 25K on the line. <laughs> um, 
but at the same time, it doesn't need to be like no comp is really perfect. Like it's not perfect. And I think that they still did a good job and um, great sponsors that were there. Like the vendors were good. The location was great. Um, the weather was hot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I would have maybe have taken one of the monostructurals out and put maybe one more like triplet or like a chipper in that 10 to 12 minute range, at least. They had a lot of athletes there. Do you think they were restricted from doing a longer workout just because of schedule? Possibly. Yeah. Like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, right? Like I, I can only say like what my experience was as an athlete and I'm sure like they have a lot of, and they only have like two, two floors. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's always a factor scheduling. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do agree with you. I, I wish it was broadcast some way or like they did some live stream stuff, even if it was just periodically through the day. The only thing I really got to see was from Hiller's channel. Um, and I got to see him interview you and um, some different athletes, but none of it was the competition. It was really just kind of behind like the scenes that. type stuff. Yeah. So, but, but like, if you, like, so like, I don't, I didn't know the programmers prior, but like Lex was telling me that like Ben is really known for strength. And then Blair does these like um, adventure runs that she used to do. Um, and so like some of the programming, you know, you can tell who, who programmed what in like each of them. So, I mean, they still stuck, like stuck to their roots too, which is, you know, it's, it's their event. Like it's like, we yeah. can put all the input we want. I'm sh I'm sure they'll take some of the feedback. Um, but I mean, it, it was still great. It was still on time. Um, and it was fun. Like it was, it was just fun to compete. Yeah. And, and, and just like less pressure too, right? Like it's not a rogue. It's not, it's not Dubai. It's not the games. I mean, there's still pressure because there was a lot of money. Maybe there was less pressure after my swim event because I knew I was out of the running at that point. So maybe I had more fun after that because I could just do, do the rest of the competition. And um, what was kind of what it reminded me of is Jamie did Fresh Coast Classic this year, which was all like a team event. And it's on the lake in Michigan, right on the beach. Um, so it had some water elements but everybody has their tents out there and it, they're just out having a good time. And it's really about the atmosphere and the community and all of that stuff. And that's important too. And that's what it was. So it reminded me a lot of, so I used to go to this competition in the Toronto area called like the UG series. It was on the beach. Everyone has their tents. And like, that's how I started CrossFit. Like those were the events I went every single year. My very first event on the beach, everyone has a tent, you barbecue, you hang out, you tan, you go do your workout, you come back to your, you know, your community of people, you just start chatting. And it kind of brought me back to where I started CrossFit. And like, that's, it was just fun. I got to meet so many great people when I was there. Yeah. Love it. Love that you came on. I want to thank you so much for doing this with us. As I said, before we came on the air, um, you're more than welcome to stay. We're going to chat about the news of the, the CrossFit day. And, or if you need to go, I totally understand. Um, you are working and teaching all the kiddos tomorrow, correct? I sure am. <laughs>
What classes are tomorrow? Math? So, yeah. So every day I teach three classes. So in the morning I have grade 10 math. And then I have a uh, grade nine and 10 together fitness class. And then lunch. And then in the afternoon I have a grade nine math. So actually right after the competition on Sunday, I took a red eye at 11 o'clock at night from San Francisco. So Lex drove me from basically Sacramento to San Francisco, took a red eye, got to the airport at 7 a.m. And I was in my classroom at 810 teaching math. So you not, are not many athletes in the elite division would probably have that schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was right I, back in the classroom. Like I had taken a half day just in case, but I essentially took the, like t told the substitute teacher that I'll take, I'll take the class over. <laughs> and wow. I went right to school to teach. Cause I didn't, I didn't like missing two days in that first week of school. So I really wanted to get back in the classroom um, and go teach math. Yeah. And those, uh, those kids are going, Oh shoot. Uh, holy shit. Carolyn Prevo is my PE teacher. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine pro hockey player? Cross well, some of them like, were following my Instagram story. They're like, madame, weren't you in California yesterday? I was like, yeah. And I came back to teach you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, have no <laughs> so even they were like, they're like, cool. Like she came back like for us. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Wad Zombie says Alessandro is a cool dude. Is he part of the organ organization as well? Sorry. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I met like I met a lot of people from like the Outcome Project and like the, Ben Alderman and Blair and um, some of like Lex's friends that she used to train with. So. Because Lex has done this competition before. That's that's who originally told me about the competition. Because um, she she's participated. Obviously, she's injured right now. But she was like, you should do the NorCal Classic. And, like, no one knew about it. And I was like, ooh, yes. And then, like, a couple weeks before, they started inviting people. And they're like, no. No, everyone go. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It, uh, Ken wrote that Alessandro was at NorCal. His team took first. Oh, cool. Okay. And then congratulations, Wad Zombie. Member for 11 months. We appreciate you so much. Alessandro Zanette, he's the LA guy. Yes. Now I know who you're talking about. We interviewed him. Wad Zombie was active in the chat that day. Yes. Yeah, I remember Correct. him from West Coast. Yeah, the Western semifinal. Yeah, so awesome. Totally remember him now. Sorry, brain fart. Had surgery a week ago and... Uh, just getting the brain fog gone. That's my excuse anyway. Well, thank you, Carolyn. Um, we're going to jump into some other stuff. I'll probably um, pop in the chat then. Okay, awesome. Well, we will see you next time then. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, bye. Good to see you. Bye. Um, so the next thing I have on the agenda is Madrid. Um, I can I can boot you. Oh, there, she's gone. Okay. <laughs> So is Madrid. Um, I just want to kind of talk about, we watched some of the stream, you and I, mm -hmm. um, impressions from the stream, impressions from the competition um, at Madrid. And we'll just give this a couple of minutes because we we did a lot on NorCal. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of touched on this, but like it's supposedly the biggest comp there is, right? Like Correct. seven, 
I mean, a crazy amount. It sounds like NorCal was pretty big, but crazy amount of divisions, crazy amount of athletes. And I was just shocked at how few people were in the stands. I was too. I mean, where are all those people that are competing? Like, if there's that many there, you'd think when you're not competing, you're going to be out there watching. Yeah, unless it's going on like simultaneously, and and the people and the families and everybody are busy with that part of the competition that they couldn't get in. But it was now I didn't like I was pretty out of it Friday and Saturday, so I only watched Thursday and Sunday, and it was really starkly at empty. Mm -hmm. um, I was really surprised. Yeah. So. <clears throat> But it was an overall, the competition pieces I saw were really good. Um, and so I, I liked the competition. I thought it was well run and well um, executed. I thought the floor looked awesome. Um, I, and I love the way that like um, Torian and this competition used the different colored lanes to kind of help you separate. I think my old eyes just, it just makes it easier to see. I don't know. I like that. Um, I sound like the person saying, Ooh, I like that team because of the color of the Jersey, but, um, but it's really, it just makes it easier to differentiate who's in what lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Optics are a big part of it. When, it. when you're watching on TV like that, it needs to be easy to follow. Right. So the podiums ended up being Lazar Jukic, Yonikowski and Travis Mayer on the men's side. Mm -hmm. And on the women's side, it ended up being uh, Karen Freyova, Annika Greer, and I was trying to do it without my notes. Emily Lundberg. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I can never remember her last name. And I always think it's Emil, not Emily. But it is Emily. She was on OBA at the games this year. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. So. And Santa who Santa who had only two points out. Well, I mean, it was pretty tight there for that third place. Yeah, it was really tight on the men's side too. Um, and it really came down to the lift from what I hear. Um, and the tiebreaker. So, uh, good stuff in Madrid. Do you think, and, and I'm, and I actually have Holly working on something to see like, if people finish like in, in the podium at their different off season events, does that translate to a successful game season? Like if you finish on the podium at rogue, do you tend to finish on the podium at the games or Madrid? We know that there's a, a correlation between, um, between Wadapalooza RX division and people making like that next step up to, to make it to the games. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're trying to, this is a, like an in-depth research project. So it's going to be a little bit of time for her to do that, but we, I have her on that project so we can kind of look at that and see um, if there is a translation between how, where you finish in the off season events and what your game season looks like the following year, whether you would take a step from a semifinal athlete to a games athlete, whether you go from, 40th at in the west to 20th in the west or you know whatever i don't know <laughs> but that's something i'm really excited to look at yeah i mean sometimes that's kind of all it takes right is that confidence boost of podium or winning some events like 
puts you in a new level that you just kind of weren't sure you could get to. So what zombie says, John Young doesn't think so. Um, he actually did comment last night that there is a correlation between RX Wadapalooza and the games, but yeah, they were talking about the other stuff. And yeah, I, I don't want to get into that. That's their opinion. Um, we have ours and we'll go on from there. <laughs> so uh, MFC workouts are out. And we, we have, we do have some, we don't know them, but the athletes competing yeah. know them. And that means that Corey knows, and you know, what are your first impressions? Um, so there's seven events. We know six of them. They are releasing the last one at the event. Um, and not the final, we do know the final event. We just don't know one of the other events. Does that make sense? Um, overall, I think it's a pretty good test. I'm very curious what the sixth event is. If it's going to be a lift, a run. They they almost always run. Um, and I don't see any running. I don't see any wall balls. Um, and there isn't a single lift. Um, so there's some options that it could be. We're swimming. We swim, we swim there every year, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, it is a 500-yard swim for time. Yes. Can I just say, like, as a former swimmer, the pools they use, the one, now, last year was better, so I will, I will check that. Last year was better. They got a good pool that nobody could walk on the bottom. Um, yeah. In years past, it was it was pretty hinky, but last year was better. So I checked that. I checked that. Five hundred's tough, though. That was yeah. that was my jam in high school. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So five hundred yard swim. I think it's like an eleven or twelve minute cap, something like that. Um, so I, some of the I know, like like Jim's coming, my sixty five year old, and I, I there's like no shot he can finish. So I don't know. Actually, no, they have a shorter swim. I take that back. They have a shorter swim anyway. So, but the question is, would Carolyn finish? Yeah, or I think, yeah. Decider? Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it's somewhat heavy. Um, I think, I, in particular, there's one workout that I think is way over programmed. And I think they either need to rethink some things or really be sure on their tie breaks or how they're um i'll let you know what it, it's uh called gallows it's three rounds of it's kind of like the two 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 three but it's three minutes work one minute rest three minute work one minute rest three minute work one minute rest until you can or until you can accumulate 150 foot of handstand walk so um, it, carolyn says in a pool possibly lex says don't ask carolyn for swimming tips Okay. And Corey says, I'm just trying not to drown. All right. Corey, get your butt in the pool the next 10 days. Um, yeah, Corey already knows which one I'm talking about. And um, Corey, are you doing elite? Um, I'm, cu I'm curious on that. Um, he's going RX? Okay. 
so I don't have the numbers for RX, but here's the elite workout. Um, 300 for males, 250 for w w women, meter row. So that's kind of like your little buy in there. Three deadlifts, 365 pounds for men, 265 pounds for women. Three or two for women, legless rope climb. And then you're trying to accumulate the handstand walk in a three-minute window. How quickly, and I, and I get that the, it's not a legless descent, so it changes a little bit, but how quickly did your semi-final athletes go right back up for a second rope climb in semifinals? Not quick. I'll not that. quick. And they didn't, and they didn't start out. That was a very paced workout, right? Like they weren't doing pull on a row pull three super heavy deadlifts and then try to get up that rope quick twice. Um, it's so Corey just said his deadlift is 275. So I essentially have to deadlift what Corey has to deadlift. Well, that's because you're just as good an athlete as he, as Corey is. <laughs> he doesn't have to do legless rope climbs though. Yeah. Um, so Lex says, oof, that's aggressive. Carolyn says, is it seated legless or can you jump? You can jump. Yes. Um, so it's, yeah, your normal legless come back, come down with your legs that I'm very curious who tested it because the problem with it is like, I mean, if it was like maybe even like 245 on the deadlift, I can see, but you're like super strong athletes aren't typically going to be the ones that can like hop right up there and do two back-to-back -back legless rope climbs. So it's like, I'm very curious who tested this. I mean, we're talking the masters here. We are not talking Alex Kazan and Laura Horvath. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to get gamed. Um, they have stated apparently that you have to work all three minutes, but we've seen what that means in other competitions. What, who's, who's gauging what actual work is? Yeah, it does sound like Toomey tested it. I, like, it's literally an insane event. Um, and... Uh, Ronica says broke back its spinal. Yeah. Um, it's not so bad for the RX. Like, it's an actually... I think it's a decent written workout for RX. Um, but you have to get 25 feet of handstand walk. So, like, the other issue there is, like, if you make it... What if you make it with, like eight seconds. Do you even, I mean, you, are you going to get credit for the 15, like 15 feet or whatever you get and before the time runs out? It sounds like no, which is somewhat silly. Or what if you get 25 feet and 10 more feet on the way back and the time beeps? Like you're just taking, I mean, are you going to take that work away from people because the time ran out on them? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It'll be a very interesting workout. Um, and then there is a 1,000 meter ski with every minute on the minute, 20 crossovers. Um, I find they have struggled, Carolyn says, I find they have struggled getting the stimulus right for females with legless rope climbs in the past years. 
there's not that many people in our sport that are elite at them. I absolutely agree. Um, this fatigued, I, I think they're going to, I think it's going to be a big miss. I mean, there might be like, I think there's going to be people that can do it. I just don't think it's going to be like five in every day. Like, I just don't, I think it's going to be a big miss. Um, I think if you want to test the skill, I think it should be like one legless, one regular, like get back up on the rope, show that you can do the legless and then get your second one legged. Um, I don't know. Yes, crossover singles, Lex. Um, from my understanding, I hope so because I don't. I think crossover doubles. I don't know if anyone's going to get much um, ski done if it's crossover doubles. <laughs> As it is, the way so the way Masters Fitness counted single crossover singles last year. So I ended up doing the individual quarterfinals. Um, and I messed up that workout because master's fitness counted only the cross. So you would jump cross and that jump cross. And it was one, two, when you did quarterfinals for individual. So I essentially, when I tested the individual quarterfinals, I did double crossovers because that's how I counted. So I really need to like get clarification on this crossover because if it's essentially 40 of what individuals are familiar with it really puts a tight time cap of getting any ski calories done um so very curious on that one yeah. and then you want to talk about or are we what and i just asked if you wanted any more workouts you want to talk about just giving you a yeah. little lead in to more okay um Every second counts is uh, 20 burpee box jump overs, 10 cleans, 205 for the men, 135 for the women. Um, and, and I find this weird. The 365, 265 in the deadlift is like a 72%. Um, I feel like that one should have been like 255 or even 245. And then this one, it's like 66%. I can't quite figure out where they're coming from on there on their weights. Um, so 20, 10 cleans, power squat, power squat. I'm sure everyone's going to try to power these. And then 16, eight, 12, six, eight, four, four, two. So burpee back jump over cleans, just a quick little barbell cycling under some fatigue. Um, and then there's a big, a big chipper, triple threat threat, 50 back squats. The weights are 135.95 for this one. And this one is actually the same for Elite and RX. They have the exact same workout as us. Same weight, same workout. So we'll see where everyone falls. Um, so 50 back squats, 40 toes to bar, 30 shoulder to overhead, 40 front squats, 30 pull-ups, 20 shoulder to overhead, 30 overhead squats, 20 chest to bar, 10 shoulder to overhead. That looks fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one, that one, look, that one will be a good test. And I'm excited everyone's doing it like that. Um, I think there was maybe not some happy RX athletes, um, but in a, in a way, it's nice to see where you fall, right? Um, <laughs> Corey said triple threat is going to be wild. 
going to be handing out time caps like free fitting. Yes, or Veronica. Like, or, no free C4. Yes. Yes. RX is 135.95. That is also the weight for Elite. We have the exact same workout. Um, and then the final Hunter Becomes the Hunted is three rounds for time, 30 or 20 calorie echo bike, nine or seven ring muscle ups, and then 50 foot overhead kettlebell walking lunge. Three rounds. Does Jim have to do the overhead walking lunge? Nope. 60 plus is doing front rack lunge. Okay. Yes. That was an awful judging experience. Yeah. So I have a lot of issues with the, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, um, like getting the 65 plus the skills and, you know, like you want to challenge them, but you also want them to be able to do the work. Right. Um, so they also have ring muscle ups and they also have handstand walking. They have an option. What workout am I most looking forward to? Um, That's a good question. Probably, probably that chipper, that longer. I mean, it's, that's the longest workout that I've, that they've released. And I like longer workouts. Um, so, the, so that's a time cap of 16. And that's the longest event that we have. Everything else is 11, eight, nine, um, or 12 or this, or this one. Um, so they have the option in 60 plus and also in our, in RX, RX has the option to do like, instead of their five ring muscle ups, they can do like 15 chest to bar. I'm not sure exactly what the scale is, so don't quote me, but, but, and then also for the handstand walk, they can carry a 150 pounds sandbag down and back. But if you choose that option, you are automatically placed lower on the leaderboard. Um, my issue with that is, like, I like I feel like there needs to be a way that you like figure out what one ring muscle up takes someone like figure out what two ring muscle ups takes someone that's sixty five and over to do. Like, is one minute realistic? Can they do one? come down, rest, and get another one done in, within one minute. Is, is that the stimulus you're going for? And then I don't care if you make it 500 feet of sandbag. Like, you can make it extremely difficult. Like, difficult enough that you probably can't surpass the person who chose to ring muscle-ups. But what I don't want to happen, which I feel like is probably going to happen, is somebody's going to get one ring muscle-up or f only five foot of handstand walk. And they're going to not be able to continue on. They will not. They'll just, I mean, they might keep trying, but that's not the same as somebody who finishes the workout of doing 45 chest bars, like figure out what's going to take long enough that if you're proficient 
you can't be beat. And if you aren't proficient, don't choose that. Like, you know, like you've got to know that like you can be beat by the other person if you're only capable of doing one. I think that can be another show topic altogether. And I think it comes down to the amount of people that sign up in those older divisions right now, which goes back to what, um, Oh my gosh. The, the, uh, the lady that was at the games with us, Lana. Yeah. Lana, Lana Marcin mm-hmm. talking about giving them something to shoot for with leaderboards. Right. So that you, so that you can just increase the number that starts signing up for the things and then you can you can treat it like you do the other divisions and um, the elites because you'll have what that age group can do because you have enough people doing that doing it and not have to split it up into different segments. But right now, like I know my first two years at MFC, like sixty plus, you'd have three athletes. Yep. Right, and that's just not enough to to even figure out a trend for what they can and cannot do. Right. Um, I want to go back to um, a couple of the athletes here said what they would look forward to. And Ronica said the swim. Um, Corey said, I've been working my ass off on ring muscle-ups, so I'm looking forward to that one. I ran through it today, finished under the cap. Heck yeah, Corey. And then Kenneth goes, hell yeah, Corey, you motivate me. And Corey's blushing. So. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm excited to be there. Um, I can't wait to meet all these people, these amazing people uh, that have been in the chats forever. Um, I, know, I know some of the people that we're going to kind of focus on while we're there. Um, but I'm super excited to be there. And... I know somewhere in the chat, someone asked, are they going to stream this event? They have streamed it in the past. I, I, we are, so Kat used to be involved in the, on the executive team that put this together and I would know everything that's going on. <laughs> she is not any, any longer involved with that. So I don't know what the plans are. Last year, it was like, it wasn't as bad as the age group and adaptive at the games but it was kind of like a single shot camera. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. A little bit closer to the field of play than what you saw at the games. Um, and they actually did have people doing some commentating. Um, but there's so many divisions and so much going on. Um, the commentating is tough because they actually have the men and women going last year that I'm going at the same time on opposite sides of the rig. It, they had like a double rig in the middle and the women were on one side and the men were on the other. Yes. And so they were going at the same time, which made it, if I was commentating that I would be losing my mind, mm-hmm. um, but just know they probably do. And we are going to be there filming all of the listeners in, in our chats. So Jeremy Williams will be filmed. Corey Leonard will be filmed. Jamie will be filmed. Uh, Rudy Berger will be filmed. Um, 
Dan Church will be filmed, and Annika Greer's mom, whose name escapes me right now, will be filmed as well. Um, <laughs> and Ronica. And Jim. And Ronica, and Ronica and Jim. Yeah, we'll get them too. I didn't know Ronica was going. You didn't tell me. Yes, she's competing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely get hers as well. Um, Kenneth asked, is this the comp I had a riff about? Yes. Um, I'm trying to mend fences uh, so that I can be there and do things. But yes, I did. Um, I did have a riff about them at one point in time. Carolyn asks, will you go through the workouts? Will you go through all the workouts in practice or parts of them? I will do part of all of them. Yes. I will probably not do the whole thing. Um, I will probably not do all three rounds for time of the, of the final. Um, but I've got to test at gallows and I'll probably do a few minutes of the skier one just to kind of get a pace down. Um, yeah, I'll do, yeah, I'll do some for sure. Uh, Corey actually answers the question too. I'll go through most of them at 80% or so, Carolyn. So I know what it feels like, but leave room to go harder. I just have a feeling. I don't know. I, I only know Corey from the chat and one show that we did together. I just have a feeling he's that guy that lights the fuse and comes out of the gates like, like a Noah Olson. Yes. He will be the Noah Olson. This thing. I just, I'm predicting it. It now. Um, so that's what I, that's my prediction going into this. And I don't, I've never seen Corey work out, but we're going to, I've seen him dance. I've seen him sing, uh, but I've never seen him work out. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun seeing how, how the, these listeners attack these workouts. I'm st I'm so stoked. Can't tell you how, how much fun I think this is going to be. So we ready to move on? Sure. Yep. So the next thing I wanted to, I wanted to throw out there and man, we're going long, um, is camp movement. You know, you're hearing a lot of people moving camps. Um, it was pretty much announced by Emma Carey earlier this week that she has left Brute and she is now in, has followed Dom, Dom to Tennessee. She does not say the word mayhem in any of her posts. She just says Dom. But the speculation is that Dom has moved to, to Tennessee to join Mayhem as a coach and to work with their Mayhem mission team. Mm -hmm. So if you do the math, it sounds like that um, it sounds like that Emma has moved to Mayhem. Right. There is speculation that many of the proven camp are gone. Um, we don't have anything official from anybody. Um, <clears throat> so that'll be interesting to watch over the next few weeks. We've heard Matt Torres say that he is moving from Naples to Jacksonville. And that's why mm -hmm. there's some shit with Brute. But we yeah. don't know. Um, we don't know what that means for all the athletes there. But that's why they're not together now working out because they really don't have a facility until the first of the year. Hmm. So th there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Is Taylor's husband still like 
head coach for proven. So he is the CEO. Dwight Upshaw and him were coaches under Shane. Then they yeah. named Nick, they named Nick um, CEO about a year ago, maybe now. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember talking to him at Waterpalooza about it. So about a year ago. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's still coaching or if it's he's just taking because he's run businesses before as well. So I maybe that's they just handed over the business to him. Um, but you know, T is coming back. If you watch her Instagram, she yeah. has already ripped um, a few months postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my question to you is: Is every season going to be like this now? You know, like I'm I'm a big sports fan, so I follow baseball and I follow football and I follow hockey. And every time the season ends, it's what team am I moving to to better my chances to have a better season next year? Mm-hmm. And free agency frenzy goes on. Is CrossFit already at a point where we're starting to see that with camps? Or do you think that the camp methodology hasn't even been proven enough yet? And some people just say, I'm going to do it on my own. Well, I mean, we kind of went through that with some, like some of our data that we did with the camps and the independent style. I mean, I think what it comes down to and what we noticed was like the having a training partner, especially of the other gender typically works out the best for these people. And I guess whether that put puts you in a camp and or not, I don't know, like, but I, I don't know that like, say, three or five women at one camp is, is the best way. So people in the chat are saying both things can be true. I, I don't think we've, we've fully realized whether camps are good or bad yet. I think they're in their infancy. Um, and people are still probably trying to figure it out. Um, it's crazy because I, like, I know personally, there's a lot of movement happening. I just can't say anything because I've been sworn to secrecy and it's just crazy to me. And, and sometimes it's not even like, because bad things are going on. It can mm-hmm. be as like, this person's just homesick or like I'm, I'm hearing those stories. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And so, um, and I don't know if the male female thing is, is, is even a given yet. You know, the Ellie Justin thing didn't work out so good this year. Well, that's a, that's a different story. Yeah. But it's, it's still a story. I don't know that you can be romantically involved with the person you're training with. Cause I feel like that puts a different dynamic on the training for sure. Um, you want to like, you want to beat that per the person it, and it just doesn't matter because they're not in your group. And, and maybe there's something to be said for like, like masters, you know, separate ages, like things like that. Um, I, I think there can be, I think there can be a problem with same gender, same age bracket and like constantly pushing too hard and 
just burning yourself out. I mean, you can't treat every single day like the games, right? Yeah. Corey says, or your coach, ask Daniel Brandon. Yeah, that seems like it's, that seems like an okay thing. I want to, I want to give Danielle some slack. She had a back injury right before the games. She finished top 10. Like, I think people are being pretty hard on her. Like I'm hearing people say she shit the bed this year. She, yeah. Expectations for her were podium. She still finished top 10 with a, a back injury that it was obvious on the lift. She could not, she was not a hundred percent on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not even like a typical Danielle apologist. I like her, but like, I am not an apologist for her, but come on people like top 10 and, and gritting through a back injury. Like I've had a back injury that sucks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Kenneth says grass is always greener mindset. I think that's a big, big issue with it. Like they just seem, I, I mean, I, there's gotta be some trust there and like some loyalty. I feel like, like, I don't just, Constantly switching where you're going, I can't ma- imagine that's what's going to change things for you. Oh, wrong one. Just want to say shout out to Kenneth Delap, member for six months. We love having you here. You're the best, man. Um, here's what came into my head is that, you know, everybody has been giving Sarah crap for years. And now we look at the landscape and everybody's doing the Sarah, right? Like everybody. Um, and I actually, I have like a riff, like we, we get into this thing where we just, we put a name on something that happens like camp jumpers, Sarah, that's, that's the first thing that you think of. That's the name you put on it. Even though she's not the only person that does it. No. When you, when people want to talk about um, online judging and cheating, it's Danny Spiegel. Let's be honest. There are people worse than Danny Spiegel on that that stuff, but her name gets slapped on it. Yeah. Right. And there are people way worse than her. <clears throat> Jeffrey Birchfield, Jay Birch, stop reading my notes. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, that's just something that popped into my head because, like, we always dog Sarah for switching camps, and now you look around the landscape, and man, people are jumping. Like Saxon Pancheck was my friend, like way before I ever did this. And that dude has been with Facundo. He's been with um, Nick Fowler. He's been with um, Proven now. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like a lot of people are doing it and they just, it's all like Sarah's issue. So just a little side riff. Uh Corey says, don't get me wrong. I love me some DBE. I just don't know how good of an idea it is to be sleeping with your coach. I guess it worked for Tia, but they were a couple first. I I don't think we're to judge. Like if it works for you and you can do it, I, I do think it probably, it may be working for them, but I question if it's working for Torres's other athletes. I agree. I think that's where we're seeing the rift. I yeah. think that because I've known, I've known Emma Carey since she's 16 
she was so devout to Matt Torres in every conversation we ever had. Every conversation. And now all, now she's off with Dom. Mm-hmm. And when you make a statement in that first post with Dom that it's the greatest week of training you've ever had. I know. I know. Like, dang, dude. And I did not expect that from Emma, Emma at all. But, you know, you, you get frustrated with things. Yeah, it does work for Jeff Adler, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. But they have one other athlete in that camp. You know, and it, and he is not yet on the level to compete with Jeff. So he's just there learning and being a sponge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it all depends on the dynamics of the camp, right? Like you can have a couple women if you're all in different stages of your career. Mm -hmm. But when you finish one, two at semifinals, you're at the same stage and you're competing mm -hmm. for the podium spot. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, okay. There's that. So one thing, and we're not going to dive into this a bunch, but I had Holly do some research. And again, Data Wad, um, she's going to start putting out more stuff. Check her out. She is an awesome researcher, awesome statistician. She does amazing stuff. Um, I had her look into, and, and I, I guess this goes back to like p-values. I assumed something and I wanted her to pull data to prove me right. And my assumption was that online competitions to get to the games, i.e. the Masters and Teen Division, where they don't get to compete in person until the games, I wanted to see were there people that shit the bed when they got to the games because they got through, they skated through on an online competition. And so I had her pull data from the the games where they finished for every event and then where they finished in quarterfinals and semifinals it really came down to it was pretty inconclusive um there's a couple things that kind of lend me to believe that that my my presumption is correct however there's not enough to like really back it and the thing that there's other factors because we can't do this in a vacuum. Like people get injured and then mm -hmm. finish 10th in every event because they can't even like walk. Right. Um, right. Or, you know, so it, it made things, but where I got it from was, and we're having Chelsea Nicholas on tomorrow. She was a backfill into the 35 to 39. She was 11th at semis online and she was winning the games when she tore her Achilles. So she makes a 10 place jump. And I, and I contend she would have struggled with the 5k, but I think everything else, she would have been okay. And I think that would have been a big proving point to show that we, the online is not the right way. It may be the only way that we can afford at this point, but it's not the right way. And it's okay to say that. And so, um, but then 
and we're going to get into this. Uh, so many, there's drug tests coming out now that factor in that make everything skewed again. And so it's really hard to do this. I'm going to dig in a little bit more to see if I can pull some stuff. And it, and, and what I've noticed so far is I think if this is true, it's happening more at the younger levels of the master's divisions than the older divisions. Yes. <laughs> because I think the older divisions, there's not enough and the gaps between talent are already big. And so if you're, you're finishing eighth, ninth, tenth at the games. You're finishing eighth, ninth, tenth at quarters and semis too. Mm -hmm. Um. So, um, Carolyn jumps in and says, uh, "It's hard to compare online versus at the games when there's long runs or just more machines, just different types of workouts." I, I agree, but it it shouldn't be monumental, and you can take those those events out. Cause I, I wanted to do it event by event. Like the five K is an outlier from an online competition. And you can see that there are people that finished ninth or 10th in every event, except the five K. <laughs> so like, that's an outlier. And I get that. And in my previous life, I was a statistician. So I do know how to figure that kind of stuff out. It's just, it's a lot of data right now. And there's a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. So it may come out that it's just inconclusive, but. Yeah. It's partly why like the younger divisions need 20 people though. Like you're fine to take the 10 in the 50 plus because the level, I mean, you really kind of start to drop off, but the top 20 all have a shot in the 35 to 39. Yeah. I would say from 40, Five up, there are definitely tiers in that ten. Yeah, when you when you're talking thirty five to forty four, now you're talking like a a pretty awesome competition. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty evened up, but even in those, there's a couple people that finished ninth and tenth in every event, except for maybe one. Um, and I just want to look into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So while we're on this, I'll, I'm going to skip over the one thing. Uh, Barbell Spin reported this week and today that two Masters athletes have tested positive for substance abuse um, or mm -hmm. um, PEDs, to be more specific. I made a comment on Instagram today, and everybody ridiculed me for using the word steroids, but it it was phonetically what I wanted to use for the joke I was saying. I wasn't trying to be a scientist and be specific as to it being a steroid. However, I got blasted. People just wanted to prove their scientific worth, uh, and that's fine. Um, PEDs. So Carolina, Carolina Gutierrez, third place women's 45 to 49. Uh, she finished, she tested positive for GW501516. Um, she is contending that it was from a compounding pharmacy cross-contamination with her supplements in Brazil. Um, then today it was announced in Jamie's division, which just yeah. hurt more because it's my friend who was just on the outside. Zvetlana Veselova, uh, 35 to 39 year old grew tested positive for melodonian. Melodonium, 
Um, it is very popular in Russian sports. Um, figure skaters, tennis players have tested positive in Russia for this. Um, and also Leftris Theophanides. Um, if you remember him, he's serving a band currently uh, in the CrossFit space. He also tested positive for that same substance. Um, so she, I don't think there is a anything from her, a statement from her as to why or anything like that. But it is a trend in Russian athletes. So I think she's going to have a hard time standing on any leg other than she took it. <laughs> so. Um, so I'm going to say I hate steroid talk. I hate PED talk. Um, I have been a sports fan, fan my whole life and I've been heartbroken um, because of PED use so many times because I thought, well, this is the person that wouldn't ever do it. And then they end up doing it. And so for me, it's hard to believe any story. Um, the, so that, that's that. Um, I hate talking about this stuff. But last night on Barbell Spin, they, they talked about this quite a bit. Um, what, I, what I will say is they were talking about that every elite athlete needs to be tested. Mm -hmm. Every athlete at the games is tested. Correct. When you qualify at semifinals, you are tested. And even the next few after the qualifying spots are tested. <clears throat> Where we have a lack of testing is in the master's division. Probably adaptive in teens as well. Um, I know nobody wants to believe that our teens are on anything, but I am betting they are not tested um, anytime during the season unless there is someone that um, unless there is someone that uh, calls them out or does an anonymous tip or something like that. Um, so that, that is, that is where I think we are lacking. I know Jamie has strong feelings about this because Honestly, she was affected by it this year. Here's a woman that finished ahead of her in semifinals using a banned substance, and she was just on the outside looking in at the games and is affected by that. So I'll give you the floor, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, are they ever going to test it? At, like MFC, Legends, anything, like to, catch, to try to maybe get some of these masters that are clearly competitive and trying to get places. I, I get it, Andrew, like it would cost an arm and leg to go internationally and test all these, but like it's consistently happening in the master's divisions, like far more than the elites. Like they, there's just always people, several people in the masters that are popping. Um, and I don't know if that means the top 30 that make it to semifinals need to get tested or right after semifinals, those top 10 need to go get tested somehow so that the proper people go to the games. I don't know. Like all the, in, all the Indies get tested out of semifinals. They don't get to go to the games unless they have a clean test. Like kind of should be similar for the masters. 
I, I think we're at an we're at a crossroads of um an intersection of of money and and an epidemic, right? Like like I think it's obvious that there's a problem in the master's division of people trying to use this. As a 53-year-old man, like I worry that my testosterone is not high enough and I'm looking for answers, right? And so with that comes skating a line and I'm not even a competitive athlete. I'm just a, a dude trying to feel better and look better and do all these things. So you, you see like California hormones and you see all these things advertised, right? And, and most of those are to us middle-aged men trying to do that. And, and I am sure that I, I heard Haley Adams today talking about body image and, and I think every single person deals with that in this country, right? We're surrounded by it all the time. We always want to look better. We always want to perform better. We always want to do better. And so that temptation is there and people are going to, to jump at it, right? Especially in the middle aged area. What I'll say about, what I'll say about this is one testing, testing isn't going to find everybody. It just no. isn't right. That's been proven in the NFL, in baseball and where the money is, where the money is, is in, in those sports is the athletes and probably, and if you're looking at CrossFit specifically, the elite athletes at the top of the game have the most money to be able to skirt the, the system. I'm not mm -hmm. accusing anybody of anything, but I've been around sports way too long and been heartbroken way too many times to say that it doesn't exist. In my heart of hearts, I hope and I pray that my friends and, and my, the people that I love to watch are not doing it, but I can't, I just can't go down that road anymore. Too many of my hey. heroes have been busted. <laughs> Yeah, and we've seen time and time again um, the people who pop are typically the people trying to break into the space. You're, I mean, Ricky was like, they say the sacrificial lamb, but for the most part, it's, it's almost always those bubble athletes trying to break into the space that are, are using to get there. Corey says masters have a lot less on the line. They aren't depending on sponsor dollars, so they're more likely to break the rules. More likely, A, more opportunity. B, it's kind of the same thing. Like, there's such a limited spot that they need to you, they need to do whatever they can do to get in and get get visible. Um, and then and then all you have to do is show up at the game and finish eighth, bomb the last two workouts, finish eighth, and you get you can just keep going. Because when else are you ever going to get tested? True. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, and again, I just hate this topic because I've been hurt too many times in, in my sports heroes. And so, uh, clock says, uh, masters bike racers get caught doping often, despite the fact that there's really any decent cash to win. There's ego too. Let's be real. Yeah. Like there's a there's dopamine in winning. Um 
So you dope to get dopamine. I don't like, you know, like there's a, a euphoria in that. So. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, you've, you've heard people say this and I, I know Andrew Hiller said it. I know people in other sports have said the same line, you know, testing for PEDs is an IQ test, not not a test for guilt. Like all of these drugs have half-lives. If you know what the half-life is and you know when you can cycle on and cycle off and when those testings are going to occur and in CrossFit, unless there's an anonymous tip, you pretty much know when the testing's going to happen. And again, I'm not accusing anybody. I want to believe... I want to believe that everybody's clean, but there's no way in hell that I'm going down that road again. And I've come, and honestly, I've come to the fact that I don't care. I'm not an athlete, so I'm not in it. I don't have a vested interest in that respect. Now, Jamie, you care. You care deeply. I just want to watch sport and watch people do amazing things. And back to uh, Kenneth was giving me tips for testosterone. I really don't have low testosterone. I was just using that as an example. My wild health score showed that I am way fine on testosterone. Um, I got other issues, but that that thing is fine. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on from the steroid talk. Um, uh, I want to talk about Vindicate a little bit just because... Um, and you were wearing the shirt today, sporting the, sporting the gear. Uh, I was watching Athena on Savan yesterday. Um, I've been friends with, with Athena for a very long time. And so I was there to see what she had to say. And I was, I was with her initially working on the larger bodied um, shirt size thing. And so I wanted to just point out that as a larger bodied individual... It's it sucks trying to find shirts that make you feel like you you're a part of the crowd at, at the gym, right? And there are a few people that really do it well. And one of those people is Vindicate. Um, when they do pre-orders, you can get larger bodied sizes and it's very easy and the markup is very small. I know there was talk yesterday about upping this the price of every shirt. I don't believe in that. Um I'm okay paying. If I know I get a good quality item for my size, then I don't mind paying two or three extra dollars to get that shirt. Truly don't. Um, but I, but I think that, um, and after that episode, I went and ordered another Vindicate shirt just to like show my love to Travis. And, um, and it's that logo with the uh, black camo. Yeah. Um, that you have on there. Um, so I got that and, um, I just wanted to show him some love because he does have the options for larger bodied athletes. And, uh, I appreciate that. And it's always hard to find. There's only like three in the sport that I really depend on for those kind, kinds of shirts. And it is Travis. It is the mayhem crew. I'm not even a huge mayhem fan, but their shirts are cool and they fit. Um, and then rogue. Rogue has large, you know, thank God for strong men um, because 
they have larger bodied shirts because the strong men are not small. Mm -hmm. um, that's my guess anyway, but they, they have a lot of big sizes at Rogue and a lot of options, um, but Travis does as well. And I just unplugged my headset. That's awesome. Because I was playing with the wire. Okay. Good stuff. Can you still hear me fine? Yes, you sound fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to say that I also um, got my new Sprager spray card. Um, it is awesome. Um, I really need a new case. Can you see what it? the no, is terrible? No. Oh, he's just like finishing a workout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's actually at the Orlando Semi. Um, we were at the finish line when this happened. Um, so I remember this moment. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it is awesome. So go to uh, Mint Trading Cards to get your new James Sprague or Wad Zombie um, to get that. It's awesome. <clears throat> In addition, uh, what else we got on the agenda? I'm not. Bethany. Bethany. Gosh, I skipped that. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, Jay Birch threw me off earlier. So it was announced that Bethany um, is going to Rogue. We had heard from Barbell Spin earlier, and he wasn't incorrect at the time. That was the new – He she was not offered um, a spot at Rogue at the time. That came later, and then she was. So that happened yesterday. She was offered a spot at Rogue. She um, she has accepted that, and it was announced on the Rogue Invitational uh, Instagram page. I'm super excited because I, I, I'm a huge fan of Bethany. I've been for years. I can't wait to see her. I think we all presumed that she wouldn't want to do it because of her back mm -hmm. and Rogue being traditionally heavy. Mm -hmm. but it's a cool opportunity. And, you know, I'm glad she's, she's given it a shot. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's just fun to watch her when she goes full athletic freak on the, on the floor. Who, who, how, how many have they announced? What um, it, they've been coming fast and furious lately. And the, I actually wanted to get to today. They actually, um, they actually uh, said Noah today, who is not a top 15 athlete. Okay. So that was like the first curveball that we've seen so far. Do you want me to pull up the, the Instagram? Yeah, I guess I'm curious what, because they were like going from 14 up. What Do you know what number they're at? For, are they at like third place of games? So I know um, Alex Gazan was, I think, was the last woman. Okay. Uh, so that's fifth. All right. But no I'm just curious who who declined. We don't know yet. Someone fourth to first, yeah. presumably. So yeah. So if we go to the beginning. Who was the first? Was it Karen Freova? Yeah, she was 14th, right? Yes. Yeah, her and Will, 14th. 
then Annie 13th, and then Bailey Martin. Um, 13th was actually Justin Medeiros, so that was skipped on the men. Um, Emily Rolfe, 12th. BKG, I think, around there. Um, Paige Powers was 10th. Yella Hosta was 10th. So, so 11th. Emma Tall. I wonder if she's not coming. And then you have Danielle Brandon, Lazar Jukic, Emma Carey, Jay Crouch, Chandler Smith, Alexis Raptus, Yona Koski. It would have been Yona and Alexis. Yeah. Chandler and Emma. Who is eight? So eight's gone because Danielle was nine, Paige was 10, Emma was seven, eight. One of those two, and then Raptus was sixth. <laughs> uh -huh. Yona was sixth. Um, and then you have Dallin at fifth and Alex at fifth. And that's where you come back to Bethany at 15th and uh, Noah Olson at like 18th or 19th. 18th, I believe. Interesting. So, so we think. They were going to have to fill Justin. Yep. But then they're adding a sixth qualifier. So that. Okay. Someone else has to not be going to. Mm-hmm. And Emma Tall was injured. Um, yeah. Katrin is no longer there. She was up and now she's been pulled. Uh, ACR says, and I do oh. remember seeing it, but she is not there now. And she would have been that seven or eight opposite of Emma. So probably eight, Emma seven, Raptus six, Alex five. Interesting. So, have, so on the women's side, all we have left is Gabby, Ariel, Emma, Lawson, and Laura. Laura. Mm-hmm. On the men's side, we have Fikowski, Roman, Pat, uh, and Jeff. And Jeff. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so that's where we are. Um, I'm glad that Bethany got the got the backfill. I'm I'm kind of glad Noah got it as long as like. Nobody got pushed out because of it. Um, mm -hmm. If it is his final season as an individual, um, it's a nice showcase uh, to kind of go have fun. And and the crowd is very accessible at Rogue. And so and that's something Noah can do and um, thank the fans and do all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've missed a lot of stuff. So, yeah, you okay. skipped over Wadapalooza. I did. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Today was the qualifier. It started. Um, I don't really. I haven't looked at the workouts. I haven't. I saw Jonathan Ortega did one of them, and and it beat him up pretty good. Um, that's about all I know about the, the qualifier at this point. 
Uh, that's just something I haven't focused in on. Um, I wanted to do a quick explanation of the channel and it, this will only take me 30 seconds. I get a lot of questions about like all the different stuff we're doing on the channel. The reason we, we're doing different stuff is just that I know that not everybody is um, like you may love CrossFit Thursday night CrossFit talk, but you may hate the riffs and that's okay. Like we want to give you different options and different ways to, to view the channel. You may love music and go watch the, the top five music show may hate movies and don't want to watch two dudes movie review. That's fine. Like I don't expect like all the stuff on the channel to be viewed by everybody. Um, I just want to give different options for everybody to, to see what they like and to try different things and to see what works for us, see what has the best, um, the best viewership um, is the best uh, content, the best camaraderie, the best um, chemistry, all of that kind of stuff. So we just keep trying things to see what works best. Our top, we really have three top tier shows. And that is this show, the weekly roundtable, and the riffs. Those are consistently our best shows. Um, when it comes to athlete interviews, it all depends on whether that person speaks to you or not, whether that blows up or it doesn't blow up. But I just wanted to give you guys that. It doesn't, I am not bothered if you never ever watch Two Dudes Movie Review. It's just up there, one, to be completely transparent as a palate cleanser from all the CrossFit talk, just to do something and hang out with my friend, Charlie. Because <laughs> I love that dude and I love hanging out with him. And I just love spending an hour talking about stupid stuff. So that's why we do that show. And if three people watched it, I'd still do it because I get to hang out with my dude, Charlie. So that's that. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of talk about it because I've had some questions about like all the different directions we're going, but that's, um, that's one of them. So I wanted to, uh, to explain that real quick. Um, I wanted to give a doc update. Episode one is really, really close. If I can just get a few more things together for it, um, it should be out within a week. Um, and so hoping to have that out. Um, it, this one by far is the most proud I've ever been um, of a documentary. Um, Jamie plays a bigger role in this one, which is awesome um, as our analyst. Um, and so I'm super stoked for that because when you look at all the other content, there's not very many women being analysts on these documentaries. And I think there needs to be a voice for women. And I want to give Jamie that op opportunity to do that um, because she's good at it. Um, she'll tell you that she is, she cringes when she watches herself. But we'll get her over that um, because she's really good. And we're going to keep, we're going to keep hammering away at that. So that, that's super stoked. And we have like some special surprises in this thing where I got some content from people that you wouldn't expect uh, from a documentary. So I'm super, super stoked about it. I just have to get a few things finished up with it. Um, but I have a big weekend, so I'm not going to be able to put a lot of time in on it. Um, I am doing that because um, I have been invited. And this is the first time I've said this publicly because I wanted it to be true and I didn't want people to jump in on what we're doing. 
we got invited to the Midwest affiliate gathering in Cincinnati. So I'm going to be going to that on Saturday and filming interviews, filming content from the affiliate gathering. There's been such a huge um, wave of positivity coming out of the Portland affiliate gathering um, that I talked with executives at CrossFit at the CrossFit Games. They invited me to do a to do that this weekend, and the majority of the executives from CrossFit HQ are going to be there, and I can talk to them directly during this. Um, so I'm going to be bringing back content from that. Um, and uh, I know for a fact, like Austin Maliello is going to be there, who is the director of affiliates. I know Keith Knapp, director of marketing, is going to be there. Um, and I know a plethora of other people, plus big business owners are coming in like push press uh, to talk to the affiliate owners. So, um, and I guess Andrew Sten's going to be there because he wants to be interviewed as well. Uh, so we're going to be there covering that as a news thing. And I'll be bringing back content probably all through next week about what happened at that affiliate gathering. So super stoked about that. A couple other big things are, we're starting to put the lineup together of people we're following for next season, just like we did this season with documentaries. And I've talked to one athlete who was very close to making the CrossFit Games, but didn't. And I think she really has a great shot this year. But she is going to be in Austin during Rogue, and we're going to meet up and do a training session where I'm going to film some content and get her take on what's going to happen in the upcoming season. So super stoked about that. And I got my Rogue Media credentials two days ago. And I signed the, the media contract today. And so it looks like I'm headed to Rogue uh, to cover that from a news thing. We'll probably do nightly uh, update shows. Um, Jamie will be in Michigan, kind of manning the board. And I will be in Austin doing clock. Uh, you're, you're funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so you'll be manning the board. I'll be in Austin live at the event. Um, the contract is crazy. I'll have to talk to you about that later. Like oh, where, boy. Where kind of be to do it. Like, um, cause there are, there are like special areas and different things like that. Um, so, uh, but this is the first time I've ever done rogue as outside media. I have done rogue as a judge. I have done, um, rogue as documentary crew as a, as a production assistant. This is the first time I'm going as outside media. Uh, so it's going to be fun. And I get to see a bunch of my friends who are going to be there competing. And so I'm so stoked for it. Um, but yeah, so big stuff coming. And yeah. you, my friend, your son is getting to start tennis. And you've had that going on this week. And that's yep. why we're starting, we're starting so late tonight. Yeah, my bad, guys. Um, tonight was not so great, but Tuesday was, Tuesday was phenomenal. He's, uh, he was playing four singles, um, varsity tennis. He played the best I've ever seen him play on Tuesday. Um, he was like the second person to win a singles match against the school, like in the last, I don't know, like 10 years or something. 
Um, so yeah. You kind of uh, said I was going to say something about your Canada Canadian bias while Prevo was on, but her and Jamie could probably beat me up, so I didn't. Uh, that is probably true, Kenneth. Yeah, I like my Canadians. And since we're at the end of the show, last thing, uh, sinus update. Uh, I had my pre post-op surgery to, or consultation today uh, or appointment, whatever. Uh, everything went well. Everything looks good. I am fully cleared for full activity tomorrow. He basically said, you can act like you never had surgery tomorrow. Are you breathing uh, good? You feeling good? Uh, actually, as the show's gone on, it's gotten better. Um, but he said, like, I'm going to notice like huge changes over the next few days. It's going to get increasingly better every day as we move forward. And um, yeah. And the gross part of it is, and if you just plug your ears for, for a second, if you don't like gross stuff, but they, they take a scope and they put up into my sinuses to look, but it has like a Hoover vacuum attached to it. And so they suck all the stuff out from that happened during the surgery. Three feet of surgical tubing was filled. Ew. Today. So imagine how much easier it was to breathe after that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. He showed it to me and I like my jaw dropped. Oh gosh. It is, it is the worst feeling ever having this thing stuck up your nose with a vacuum attached to it. Like your, uh, my eyes just start watering, but, uh, but yeah, I'm glad it's over. I have to go back for one more of those in a week and a half, and then we're done. Awesome. I'm happy for you. I am so happy, so happy that this is over soon. And thank you, Corey. Thank you, Carolyn, for that. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. Carolyn, I can't say enough. You and Lex and your support over the last several months has been awesome. Um, you guys are the best. And Corey, you're just, you're just a dude. With that, we'll let everybody go to bed now. And we'll catch everybody next week on uh, Thursday Night CrossFit Talk. See you then. Bye, guys. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview.